0: Podcast Johnson. It's every other Monday's Monday's main Main event. Hebner, I come match.
1: <laughs> first, first come match. That's right. Oh, <laughs> this is two guys who are just beating off until someone finishes.
0: Earl Hebner versus Brian Hebner.
1: <laughs> oh man, gross. <laughs> but it's also a dog collar match. A, oh god! It's a, a one-foot dog collar. Oh no! Glad I started recording when I did. We get all this is good stuff. <laughs>
0: Oh, apologies to the Hebner family. Apologies <laughs> to Brian Hebner. Earl, Earl Hebner is disgraced. He doesn't deserve an apology.
1: Hello, everyone listening. Welcome to every hey. other Monday's main event. I'm Bill with uh, here with Mike, as always. You better believe and it. This time around, uh, we're going to talk about uh, we each uh, chose a steel cage match to uh, talk about. I think this is right. pro- likely the uh, considering, like you know our our age difference and everything and then you still watch the modern day product that these are the oldest matches uh on one show together, I would imagine, right?
0: Yeah, nothing from this century.
1: That's right. Look at us. And mine's uh, eighty nine, yours is ninety nine. What do you know? That's right.
0: Ten years separate these beautiful matches.
1: Yeah. I feel think we forgot to mention in the last episode that we're we are technically uh well we're on the Dorkening Podcast Network, I should probably say that. Sure, there's a ton of uh, ton of wonderful podcasts on there. You should go to the, just look up the Dorkening Podcast Network, and you'll find what we're talking about. Uh, we're also uh, more uh, intimately part of the Podcast Johnson uh, Circle of podcasts. It's a, it's a podcast I do with Mike and our friends Scott and Kevin as well, in some way, shape, or form. So, there you go.
0: Podcast network within a podcast network.
1: I call it that. I like to call it a podcast, podcast family.
0: Oh, podcast pals.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, PP. Yeah. So uh, your match is going first this time?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the iconic steel cage match between Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, it is at the St. Valentine's Massacre. Pay-per-view, February 14th, 1999, Year of Our Lord. Uh, Fun fact, this was the final pay-per-view under the In Your House branding until 2020 when they brought it back for NXT.
1: Okay, I was going to ask if this was just a specific... Was it on a Sunday?
0: Uh, I believe it was, because I I remember thinking it was weird that uh, uh, there was a uh, pay-per-view on a specific day.
1: Right. I mean, if Valentine's Day f- f- fell on a Sunday that's convenient and helps for this particular...
0: Oh, that's right. Sunday's pay-per-view day. What the fuck is wrong with me?
1: I don't know. I, I know that and you don't?
0: I'm a dumb shit.
1: Wow. I should be shot. But, but anyway, aware. yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. I wasn't aware it was still under the In Your House. I thought that had died out before this.
0: Yeah, that was Uh, it was the last one. And even if you like look at the poster, it doesn't say In Your House anymore, but I think it was... Um.
1: Technically, yeah,
0: I think that was that was before they started just branding those off, you know, those, those non big four pay per views as their own thing. Okay. And, uh, also at this time, I mean, Vince McMahon was still fairly new to being a wrestler, um, which is just always evident when he's in the ring, even as late as his final match. And I'm going to say 2011 was his last match. Um, but, uh, goddamn, I, Vince McMahon is the perfect, perfect example of why many of my favorite wrestlers over time have not been technical marvels like Bret Hart or high flyers like Rey Mysterio, but rather (laughs) just fucking characters that can tell a story in the ring, because this was not a good wrestling match, and this was an incredibly entertaining sports entertainment match, and I loved every second of it.
1: Yeah, it had a lot uh, lot of—what I thought was funny was that the first about 10 minutes— weren't in this cage at all. It was not a still-cage yeah. match. It wasn't even a match. It hadn't started, right?
0: Yeah, the match did not... The match itself is only uh, eight minutes long, whereas <laughs> this entire main event segment was well over a half hour.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I, I found myself laughing quite a bit. I think Absolutely. looking back... Well, looking back on particular Steve Austin things, I know it was maybe not so much meant at the time to seem hilarious, but looking back on it, it's just... Not, that it, not to say it hasn't aged well, it's just it's aged differently than its intent, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't make it less enjoyable.
0: Right, like as I was watching this, it's, part of me was like, oh my god, Stone Cold's such a badass, and part of me was like, he's such a fucking goofball. Yeah. and I, And that's the side of Stone Cold that I've always loved. Because just like, the way that he talks and the disregard and the hate mixed with Vince McMahon's just like flawless cartoon faces. it You know, there, there's a reason they feuded forever. It seemed because it was just that chemistry never died and it never got old.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm, since I was in and out at this time, uh, what led to this match to begin with? I know they didn't like each other, but was there something specific? So they one of said. said that it's 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 steve austin's title shot was in the line but
0: yeah so what happened was uh so the 1999 royal rumble which is one of my favorites um the uh, vince mcmahon and stone cold were number one and number two in that royal rumble and the premise of that royal rumble was you know vince there was no part of Vince that wanted Austin as champion. So he wanted to do everything in his power to make sure he didn't win the rumble. And what he did was he put a bounty on Austin's head. I want to say it was a 10,000 or a hundred thousand or whatever. Yeah. So he basically every single wrestler in that rumble was going to be gunning for Austin. Cause you know, there was a boat on top of, you know, you didn't even have to win the rumble, but you're going to get a sweet bonus. Um, and, you know, the match ended up spilling out outside into the crowd and into the backstage area or whatever. And ultimately, Vince McMahon won the Rumble. And that was insane at the time. And uh, what ended up happening was Commissioner Shawn Michaels at the time said that, all right, well, you know, Vince, you're not an active competitor. You're not going to fight for the title at WrestleMania. Uh, so the rules would be that, you know, your uh, your victory is null and void and it's the runner up that is declared the winner and that was stone cold um, okay so vince didn't like that and uh, I, there there's more to it than this but ultimately what it led to was um that basically if austin could beat vince he would get his title shot at wrestlemania okay and as you can see by the end of the match Vince was willing to do something like that because he had a little trick up his sleeve that unfortunately backfired.
1: You mean a big trick up his sleeve?
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) A Paul White trick up his sleeve as he's building this. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so, you know, it just, and again, that's why I love this so much because, you know, Stone Cold was begging for an opportunity to essentially, you know, legally beat the shit out of Vince. You know, he he had given stunners and attacks, but he's like, you know what? My hands, you know, I have you all to myself in this match. Uh, and so that's why he was just beating the life out of him for, you know, 15 minutes before the match actually started.
1: Now, it, does it make more sense that uh, the commentators mentioned how anyone else was barred from interfering? could they get fired? Is that because of the trick up the sleeve at the end, do you think?
0: I, I think that is ultimately what led to Vince's decision for that. Yeah. Because um, I think he... I think, you know, there was the arrogance of... I mean, part of it was the arrogance of Vince, that, like, I don't need any help. Yeah, I'm going to do this myself.
1: Well, considering if this was a real-life scenario, then he toughed it out for quite a long time, then. He sure did. So, all right. Vince McMahon,
0: say what you will about Vince Man, but that, man, he'll, he's got no problem taking a beating.
1: Yeah, uh, he definitely did. I did like, before, like, actually things started, how McMahon somehow got into the ring, uh, when Austin was on the outside... But Big uh, like, "Come on, you son of a bitch!" Yeah. Just oh. laugh. So, but uh,
0: he's just a cartoon character. I love him so much.
1: Yes, but and then that was clever too. I actually thought for a second, Austin, like they made it look like he actually. Like, kind of fell off the uh, the cage and hurt it. I thought he like, oh, did he actually like tweak his knee for a second? Yeah, that was but legit. As soon, as soon as I saw him down, though, I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. Possum. Yeah, but first how
0: beautiful was that? Because Vince had again that fucking arrogance, that cockiness. Like, oh, he's down. I'm gonna take him now. Yeah. And then Stone Cold just fucking killed him. Yep. Oh, so and the like, place goes off.
1: Yeah, clothesline and clothesline threw him over a table right away a couple times, and oh, man. Dumped him into the crowd. Um, yeah,
0: that's what ultimately led to him going through the table.
1: Yes, we'll get to that. I one note I made about an audience. I wasn't paying close attention. I know you like to do that sometimes. Was oh, yeah. when they when they were fighting, kind of up one of the stairs. First up, there was a guy that I remember. Like there was like the, the WWF security guy that like really yeah, jacked the jacked with the, guy with the backwards Kangol hat who was always uh, around.
0: You didn't look him up after, did you?
1: No, should I have?
0: It sucks. He's because um, it's it's not like a oh haha that guy did a lot of drugs and died. Like he like I don't remember know if it was cancer or something, but he ended up going blind. Uh-huh. Um, and then he died pretty young and uh, it sucks. That he was, be- I guess he was beloved cause he's, he's one of those guys that you just every ep- attitude era, you know, raw SmackDown pay-per-view he's fucking there.
1: Yeah. It wasn't going to poke fun. I was like, I remember he was always around. That's like, I know he was like, I know they had like event staff, but he was like the, the wrestling security guy who was always there to make sure things didn't go bad. Cause yeah. I was like, Oh was- yeah, I remember that guy.
0: That's uh, all. Jim Dotson was his name. He was the director of security during the Attitude era.
1: Okay, I'm sure Uh, he did a damn fine job. It was
0: 1995 to 2001 as head of uh, protective services,
1: which is. uh, That was one observation. The other one was when they were fighting up the steps and coming back down. There was some idiot in an orange camouflage shirt doing a DX chop way too much. Annoyed me. So yeah, that annoyed me.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, he so oh, and Jim Dotson also he had severe migraines that led to blindness, uh, and then ultimately him passing away.
1: Jesus. Yeah, how old was he? he?
0: Uh, not old. I think want to say 50s. That's awful. Just a boy, unsung hero of the WWE, but he was a he was a beloved uh, young man in the time that he served us.
1: Alright, So we brought it down. Let's bring it back yep. up.
0: Thanks a lot, Bill.
1: Yeah, I actually
0: I actually was curious if he was someone that stood out to you, though, because I, I, you know, I saw him in this match, too. And I'm like, I wonder if Bill has any uh, thoughts on this man
1: existing. And here we go. We, yeah, here we are. Yes.
0: Answered. Yep. Uh,
1: uh, now, now we're talking about when the uh, the really harsh looking, like potentially like whiplash causing bump.
0: Yeah, that I mean, again, that's Vince McMahon uh, not being a trained professional and also wanting to make something look really good. He and he Stone Cold were ascending the cage, and uh, Austin knocked Vince's skull into it, which caused him to bounce off and through the table. And you can't get a much more picture perfect uh, table crash than that.
1: Well, it, did, it it took a sec to buckle too, so he kind of bounced off it. That looked. It was hurt my neck looking at it. Yeah. Oh. But I, I liked too because, of course, it's the Spanish announce table. That um, the at least one of the guys, no matter what, he always went down to like he was taken out of it. One of the Spanish announcers.
0: It was either Carlos or Hugo.
1: Oh, I don't know which one it was, but when like everyone's attending to the actual potentially injured man, he was still like laying there, like with his <laughs> arms up, like like ragdolled kind of.
0: Oh, it's always so dramatic.
1: Yep, I. He's, had, he's been doing it for years, so I guess he knows what he's doing.
0: He knows his role. He's just like, oh, guess I get a new position now.
1: Yep. So this, after this, it made me laugh more. Well, because at first, <laughs> you know, there was a pause, and Austin was just stalking the ring and getting mad. But um, and then like Finkel was about to call the match off, right? Oh, Howard, yeah. Howard Finkel. Now, now, who's the ref for this one? Mike Kiota. Mike Kiota. Okay. Graced
0: um, former referee Mike Yoda,
1: <laughs> graced, <laughs> highly respected. Yes. Um. So I, I did like how Austin actually they allowed him to say bullshit on the air. Oh yeah. About that, I'm sure that was a uh, a bit shocking, even even for that time because that that didn't really happen, right?
0: Well, I always remembered that you know, I, it was kind of understood at the time that all right, this is on pay per view. This isn't on some bullshit cable with some fucking Nazis running the show. No, 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 This is anything goes. They can say fuck, shit, they can show a breast, they can take a dump, doesn't matter. (laughs) Uncensored. And it was uncensored like three times ever.
1: This is one of them? It
0: was, was, yeah, it was that. And then uh, we mentioned uh, in the last episode, um, I brought up the cat, Jerry Lawler's lover. Yeah. there was a pay-per-view where she ripped off her top and it was uncensored for, uh, you know, three seconds before someone in a towel came and covered her up. And Uh, if you don't think 5 million 12-year-olds jerked off to a pixelated (laughs) screenshot of that in 1999, you are wrong.
1: Didn't uh, didn't Vader call himself, like, a a piece of shit after losing a match once on a pay-per-view?
0: Probably. And that's what's funny, because it happens all the time on regular TV, where, you know... A wrestler not part of the script, like they'll get hurt, and they will be like, "Ah, fuck!" and it's like, "Oh shit, you forgot to, you, you well, hit the mute button a second too late on that one."
1: I think that's like any kind of sporting event. Like you always hear, it's like like, like they're with the cut commercial, but they're like on the sidelines or you know, in like a huddle or something, and you always hear like someone saying fuck her. Yeah, so, a a a, uh, a racist term and is a term of endearment from one gentleman to another. I've heard before too from a Celtics oh, I game.
0: It. Yeah. I um it is funny though cuz now you know back then WWE was TV14 and now it's TV PG which has been for the last 12 years now uh, and yet um shit is a regular part of the script now Oh
1: wait for who yeah.
0: It's like it's like a part of, like wrestlers will say shit as like you know, WWE? A scripted, yeah, like as like oh, a scripted wow. line, which I was surprised by. It,
1: it is like, is saying shit on TV like more normal now after a certain time of night?
0: It is more normal, but I thought that uh, something rated TVPG still wouldn't allow that. But um, no, they've, they've said it a couple times this year. I know uh, Shanna Baszler told Becky Lynch she was going to beat the living shit out of her uh, in the build up to WrestleMania. Oh. And, you know, it was pre-taped. It was, you know, during a, a pandemic episode. So those are all pre-taped and they. They let it in.
1: Oh, uh, I just want to go back. I actually found uh, what Vader. He, Vader said, "I ain't nothing but a big. Uh, I ain't nothing but a piece of shit. A big fat piece of shit." Vader, Arizona, that's just not over, true. Over the Edge, 1998.
0: Vader, don't be so yeah. hard on yourself, Vader.
1: Well, he. I think he went back to Japan and did okay after that. Yeah. So
0: everyone loves Vader. Let's talk about the. Let's do an episode about the Vader match where he loses his eye.
1: Uh, actually, I tried to find the entire match online, but unless you can find it, I haven't been able to find it yet, but I will gladly talk about that. Let's, see, let's I think...
0: do a whole episode on Ooh, the idea of it.
1: That could be a Scott thing. We can't tell him that happens, though. So we can find oh, the full yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, let's say you just trust us. You'll want to watch this one.
0: But actually, another thing, um, because we're in pandemic times, um, at the most recent pay-per-view, WWE did an eye for an eye match between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, where you win the match by removing your opponent's eye.
1: And how'd they do that? How'd that go? Uh,
0: Seth, uh, took Ray Mysterio's head and he brought his eye to like the corner of the steel stairs and drove it in mm. until, uh, you know, and they did camera trickery and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Ray Mysterio is holding his face and you can see under his hand, his eye is I mean, you know, a fucking prop eye, but it yeah. was out and, uh, Seth Rollins vomited and, mm. uh, yeah, know, they're experimenting. It's the end of the world. No one's watching. So they're like, all right, well, let's just do whatever silly shit we can.
1: How'd you take that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Did yeah, you also dumb. vomit? It's,
0: I threw up everywhere, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's 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 dumb, but also all of wrestling is dumb, so.
1: I mean, different. You
0: know, you know take can't, advantage can't, of it being pre-taped.
1: Can't say I've heard of that before.
0: Yeah, that's, not, that's not a stunt they're going to pull live, so do it while you can. Yeah. You're not going to pull that in front of, you know, a six-year-old.
1: Yeah, true. Very true. Maybe they will someday. Who knows?
0: But I tell you this much. If Vince McMahon was in an eye for an eye match, he would tell you, I want to lose my eye for real.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll wear a patch. Yeah. Oh, how how about a vasectomy match? Oh, wow. Huh? Look at that. Oh, my God. let's just have an episode. Let's save it. Uh, We'll save an episode where we just come up with the stupidest match ideas (laughs) we can think of.
0: Oh, man. We oh, got sound. Yeah, as long as we, well, we're ahead now, because we're letting out some. Yeah,
1: um, i I will stop right now and start a list. <laughs> that will be fun. Fantasy matches.
0: Absolutely. Um, but well,
1: yeah, anyway, back we to we've this. gotten to the
0: part where the match started.
1: Well, no, not not even yet because something else hilarious happens. They're wheeling uh, Vince oh, McMahon yeah, on yeah. the stretcher, God, and is I love it, because it's Steve, like Austin, just like he's like just grabs like you know people by their shirts and like, gets them out of the way, and they go like ragdolling <laughs> off. Dave Dave Hebner was out there for that too. Oh, oh excuse me, sense. excuse me. Earl Hebner was out there for that too.
0: Oh, disgraceful referee! Oh yeah, he was wearing a black shirt. Didn't Stone Cold call him something? Was it him that he was yelling at? He said, like, "Are you in the black? Are you as stupid as you look?" Or something like that.
1: Probably because he knew back then. Even back then, he was selling stuff on the side, merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> to...
0: Hey, you stupid son of a bitch, selling t-shirts <laughs> out of your trunk! You getting the fuck back there?
1: Yeah, yep, that's exactly what it was. But the fact that um. Austin just like you know pushes him back down, and Vince, like you said, like with those cartoonish faces, looking all like oh, getting pushed back down and dumped to the floor. After that, that was funny.
0: You've seen Vince McMahon gulp, right? Oh, oh yeah,
1: like that's he, when my, he's in, that's... when he knows like something's about to happen to him. Oh
0: my god! Like talk about living cartoon character. Yeah, I laugh but... every time. <laughs>
1: So yeah, shortly after this, is it finally finally start? Like, I think like Vince Man is trying to climb over the top to get away from Austin. So he's doing it the most difficult way possible. Absolutely
0: he is. Yeah. Now, yeah, now that we're in the match, now he's like trying to win it by any means necessary. But
1: well, even before he was surely. trying to get into the ring to get away from the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's it's basically it's it's almost one sided. There's there are occasions like I thought it was smart. I forget if it was, because Austin kept getting lured back in by Vince giving him the finger. Yep. And one of the times Vince kicked him on the balls. Yeah. And had a momentary advantage. That was, I, I like it wasn't totally just like, you know, full out assault on one person.
0: Right. Because it's one of those things where it's like, you look at it like, all right, you know, if it's a purely one-sided match, it's going to be boring as fuck. So you have to, what are some creative ways we can make it that Vince can get the upper hand somehow?
1: Yeah. I think he might have, did he do an eye poke at one point too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Class, every, every classic. Dirty trick you could. One thing I've been paying more attention to is when someone blades in a match. Yeah. So like, I'm like I'm making sure like watching what the person who's like laying down and covering their face is doing with all the other person's showboating or posing for the audience. Like, oh, it's happening right now. It's true
0: magic. Like that's literally just like, you know, you know, you distract them with something else and God, it's right in front of your face the whole time. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's the art of pro wrestling they
1: call it uh, so it was I found it strange though uh, Austin comes when he's like literally like about to hit the floor several times in this match and he climbs back in but uh, when he did it the last time he hit the stunner and he's doing the trash talking and then the the big show comes through it didn't seem like you got like the crowd reaction wasn't as big as you would assume it would have been do you agree with that
0: I do and I think there's a couple of reasons for it um, I think one is that visibility live for a steel cage match is not great. Yeah. Um, you're already kind of having a tough time seeing what's going on in the ring. I think two uh, people that are, f- you know, familiar with, uh, with the big show or the, the giant, as he was known just before this, um, you know, they're used to him in a very particular attire. They're probably not as used to him in you know, street gear. Can't he was wearing a fucking it. turtleneck. Like, <laughs> he and, was, and- yes. Yeah, and, uh, and and also, when he's coming out of the ring, it takes you a couple minutes, or, you know, or a couple seconds, and you know, he's got to get all the way out of the ring before you realize this is a very large man. Um, which is the part where you know even people that don't know him are going to be impressed, because like, oh, this guy's just fucking huge. Yeah. So he, he had a lot going against him for that. I, I think it would have probably, even, even though the visual of him coming out of the bottom of the ring was neat, um, it probably would have just been a little bit more impactful if he just came down the ramp.
1: Do you think he was under there the whole night?
0: He uh to my knowledge the way these things always work is that they'll kill the house lights for, you know, a couple of minutes before this match. Um so he he was still under there for probably, you know, 30 minutes which I can't imagine was fun.
1: Yeah. Maybe he had, you know, a little cooler with some snacks or you know, he set like his alarm or something.
0: I would imagine really a little, little like uh, like George Costanza under his desk when uh yes he gets exactly set up. <laughs> He's got a little little place to nap, a little place for his mug, his phone, his magazines. That's right.
1: His alarm clock, of course.
0: Beaten up to <laughs> smut while uh, Austin and McMahon are rolling around up above.
1: Yeah, and at the same time too, he must. There must have been something he had like slide a piece of wood or something because they were all over the ring. They didn't like avoid any part of the ring, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they, the,
1: they were around that area.
0: I'd be curious how that was uh, gimmicked.
1: Yeah. Maybe now, did you
0: I, know? Uh, fun fun side fact about being under the ring, John Cena once took a shit under the ring.
1: Like, because?
0: Uh, he was uh, very sick with a stomach flu and he had severe diarrhea and he was in the middle of a match and he was like, I can't hold this anymore. So I forget who he was fighting, but he had the guy toss him to the outside and he rolled under the ring, took a shit, and rolled back out and continued the match like a professional.
1: Wow. Wait, was this like on TV or...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know what happened because he's under I'm the not, ring, but that's. What it happened. wasn't like
1: a like like a house show. It was just.
0: I believe it was a TV match.
1: So that does that mean he had like an unwiped ass for some amount of time?
0: That's exactly what it means. Oh, I'm God, sure he just means... had to run backstage, take a shower, throw out the jorts, and.
1: And then know. the opponents too, knowing that they have a shit, like a shitty ass opponent now, literally. Yeah. That's fun.
0: Yeah, I'm nice. sure I'm sure John apologized. He's a nice man. He's a professional.
1: Uh, and the idea who he was, who he uh may have been fighting that night.
0: I don't know.
1: You look are you looking it up.
0: I am. John seen the shit under the ring. <laughs> oh, apparently uh, here's a list of eight wrestlers who pooped their pants and continue to put on a match.
1: Dusty Rhodes better be one of them.
0: Oh, the muffler. That's perpetual shit. Uh we, oh, CM Punk did it as well. I forgot about that. But Is it- uh, yeah, Jack.
1: Jen- is it still real to us? Is that where you're looking? Of course. Uh, that's why I want to look yes. I want to know them all. During a match with Scott Steiner. That's John Cena? Yeah. Oh, Tommy Dreamer.
0: I can, oh, of course, Tommy. Tommy Dreamer shits his pants three times a day.
1: <laughs> oh, Yokozuna? Ooh, that must have been a good one.
0: Oh, man.
1: Oh, that's yeah, like,
0: uh, probably looked like when they find the dinosaur shit in Jurassic Park under the ring. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to read the, uh, I don't know if you're still on the site, but uh, Bret Hart found himself in a bad spot while while a bonsai dropped from Yokozuna back in the day. Uh, according to Hart, <laughs> Yokozuna was suffering from some bad diarrhea when Yoko was about to hit the move. Hart looked up and saw a, a brown stain on his tights. Oh, at,
0: God. Do you think it, like, point, squished a little when it landed on him?
1: At that point, all he could do was stay down and wait for the inevitable to happen. Fuck. See.
0: Bret Hart has already had the most tragic life of anyone in wrestling. He doesn't need that added to the list.
1: Hang on a second, there's more. Another incident happened when Bret Hart and the Undertaker were both backstage and they heard a loud bang followed by the sound of running water. Uh, Taker and Hart then found Yokozuna on the floor, covered in poop as a toilet <laughs> he was sitting on collapsed. Oh no! <laughs> the story the two wrestlers couldn't help themselves from laughing is Yoko asked for help. Oh no. Poor Yokozuna. Oh, under the, under the giant.
0: That's not surprising.
1: Maybe we should uh, this could be an entire episode too.
0: It's a oh. bonus episode right there. Wrestler shit stories.
1: Sid. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back to that. Oh, Vince McMahon. All right.
0: Do, do you think Sid shit his pants when he fucking snapped his leg in half?
1: Oh, then you can't blame him then.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I would.
1: Well, I guess. He shit looking... my
0: pants when I watch the clip.
1: <laughs> um, oh, we'll get back to it. Yeah going to keep it open. Uh, By the way, did you ever? I don't know if you ever respond. I sent you the clip of Sid with the flattened car, the Instagram clip I found.
0: Oh, that was wonderful.
1: They just, yeah, it, it's terrible acting. It just stands stands on it and goes, Where's my car? <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, I love Sid.
1: So, anyways, though, yes. So the match yeah. is, actually, the match is essentially over.
0: Yeah, Big Show throws Stone Cold into oh, the, the cage well, and it opens. And...
1: It you know, it's funny. He, he picks him up like a baby first. <laughs>
0: right.
1: And then <laughs> and that was that was that was that was something different for the day. Clever. Yeah, it was,
0: it was a clever way to end it. And it was neat because, you know, Vince goes through all this trouble, brings in this muscle and then the muscle fucks it up.
1: Yeah. And then all I could do is stand there and shake with rage that he fucked up.
0: That's right. And, and then, then the Big show went on to be a five million time world champion and he's still at it today.
1: Yeah. yeah. How old is he now?
0: He's in his uh, I want to say early 50s.
1: Yeah. And he's still wrestling.
0: He was young. I mean, when he was uh, WCW World Champion, he was like 24. Oh wow! Yeah, he was a boy. Big Show is 48, so he's uh, not that old. Well, yeah, he was but... he was in it young, and he's also. I mean, most people his size don't live to like their 40s, let alone, you know, be in your late 40s and still wrestling actively.
1: So are you gonna? Like, if you ever see him, you're gonna tell him that you're probably gonna die soon.
0: Good <laughs> job <I'm> not, not <laughs> being dead.
1: Yeah, just uh, get him in a room alone and tell him that and see what happens.
0: Big Show also has a sitcom.
1: You've mentioned that before. Is it terrible?
0: Uh, I've watched the trailer and I want to die.
1: Oh, okay. So that's good. I I don't want to forget to, in in general, mention how you, uh, I believe, you said you wanted to fight Bill Goldberg. I want to remind anyone. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I can can take Willie G any day.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, that was the, uh, so it's, Austin got his title shot then? Is that what happened eventually? Yeah, it
0: went uh, Austin went on to face uh, The Rock at WrestleMania 15 and won.
1: Oh, all right. Was The Rock a bad guy at the time?
0: He was, he was the corporate champion.
1: Ooh, okay, okay. It was
0: a was, uh, guy I, I We have another match to talk about. I could don't get me started on the fucking All right. Take it easy because that's the best.
1: Okay. All right, so yeah, my choice then was um a May 27, 1989 episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. There we go. Where you had uh, it was Big Boss Man versus Hulk Hogan for the World Championship in a steel cage. What I liked about back in the day when he had Saturday Night Main Event, you would have, and not maybe not quite, pay-per-view level matches, but you'd have like matches you probably wouldn't see otherwise because anything on the TV at the time was usually like uh, you know someone popular and, and good destroying someone that you didn't know who they were so you had these you had these occasions where you would see you know two known wrestlers fighting each other that so that was it was fun uh, and what i liked about this one too they chose for some reason to have a tie-in to hulk Hogan's movie that came out at the time no holds barred and <laughs> have you seen this have you seen no holds barred
0: i have not i know we that, may have discussed uh doing an episode of one of our shows on it
1: uh, yeah, I, I know. For secret underground hideout, I made a suggestion by text earlier that we each take a couple of movies that we think everyone else would hate and haven't seen, and put them into a hat, and just draw them at random occasionally to watch to force everyone to watch it. So that might be one I might throw in there. But um, it's pretty terrible, but it has some you know some some prime cheese in it. So, but so you don't know about, about Zeus at all, right?
0: I know that uh, I know that he was in it. Yes. but
1: and, uh, he, was, so he, was part of, he was part of a storyline with the rivalry with uh Hogan and Savage after a while. Oh I, yeah. I so this is where I think that. this was I had forgotten this this happened now. He comes out. Um, what I was fearful of was that uh it was going to be Akeem coming out with his terrible oh, man. Yeah, but I was glad it was not. Uh yeah, so it starts off, you know, Slick introduces old Bossman comes out, which is when he comes out to Slick's music, which is rap, which just doesn't seem to fit <laughs> The big boss man's thing. But, nope. um, so yeah, Zeus comes out and he blocks the cage entrance. And I like how Hogan comes out and he makes it like two feet in the ring before he realizes that Zeus is blocking the way. And Did the classic Hogan like look surprised at the audience? Like, what is this? And <laughs> did this happen? As he always did. There's actually an, another occasion I'm thinking about from, I think a, a while back when you first allowed me access to your uh, WWE Network stuff. I watched it was... Like Savage was getting assaulted by someone in the ring and Miss Elizabeth went and got Hogan. And so she's pulling him down, like, you know, down the aisle. And he's, he's looking around all confused and stuff. He, like, he doesn't know why this is happening. And then the same thing, he, <laughs> he looks at the ring and he's like, what? Like, it's, it's, it makes him seem like a, such a huge idiot.
0: Oh, man. What was that? The Dungeon of Doom thing? The, cause there's the clip of Hogan like walking into like a misty forest and he's like, there's no Hulkamaniacs in here. And it's just, and it was like part of the actual storyline. I, I,
1: I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm aware that's part of WCW. I wasn't watching at that point yet, mm. but I want to find that now. Cause it sounds hilarious.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. That's like, that's a, I, like, cause I, I don't like Hogan. Um, And I guess because I didn't grow up with him like he was old news and he was like the butt of jokes by the time I was into it, because everyone on on, you know, in the Attitude Era was calling him, you know, just an old relic or whatever. Um, But and, you know, I I, I dislike him more now, knowing he's a disgusting racist. But (laughs) I mean, goddamn, like there's times and I'm like, I get it. I get it. And it's he's just he's if you're fucking six years old, like this man is better than Superman. Like, because yeah. it's fucking real. I mean, in that
1: in that instance, the uh, the overly animated reactions to things would work in your favor.
0: Yes. I also still, ever since we watched it, like, 20 times a week, picture his uh, Megapowers handshake. Because <laughs> I love it. It's such a, like, that is a Saturday morning, morning cartoon he in has, real life.
1: He has to, with his left hand, he has to hold his right hand in place.
0: Oh, uh, and then just, like... like the exaggerated gesture when it actually shakes and the way they look at each other. It's like, this is a cartoon and this is so good.
1: Yep. All the sweating and everything. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah. So Hogan gets kicked and just like fists rain down upon him from Zeus and he's down and out and Zeus leaves the ring satisfied with his work. That's about all he did. He he was in a couple of matches and he was terrible. Maybe we'll have, I'll choose one sometime. Yeah. Do a horrible matches episode again.
0: Choose our favorite Zeus matches.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it literally may have had, like, two matches, so...
0: Isn't he um, Debo from the Friday films?
1: Yeah, he's an actor. He's not... He wasn't yeah. a wrestler, but, yeah. And he was I, one I of the
0: prisoners in The Dark Knight, I remember, too.
1: He was. He was the one who threw the uh, the, the remote thing outside. He was the one yeah. who had, like, the common sense and the moral compass. He's the hero. Yes, I think his nickname is Tiny also, because he's massive. it's it? always fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah... They come, they then they cut a commercial and they come back, and Hogan's still on the outside, so boss man brings him in. And yeah, kind of like back and forth, pretty normal, typical stuff for this type of thing.
0: Do you, uh, did you happen to look up and see how old the big boss man is in this match?
1: No, but he looked pretty young.
0: Yeah, he's 26. Really? Fucking yeah. weird because he still looks like a dad, but he's got <laughs> a boy's face.
1: He does. But what, what I did pre like, uh, think was good for him, like, as time went on, he he'd shed a bunch of weight and he seemed to keep it off
0: yeah his final years um like when he was like the enforcer for uh the for vince's corporation during the attitude era he was uh he was lean and mean
1: yeah but he started off like i think they said in this match he was over definitely over like 350 or so
0: oh yeah yeah and i
1: think he was even bigger before this match too um but he could still move yeah but it, it was strange he looked like he had a tiny head when he the more he weighed what <laughs> are those guys?
0: He, he did not gain weight in the head.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed too. Like, uh, I think when Bossman goes to get Hogan and bring him in, he kicked the door open, and it came close to taking out Earl Hebner. Oh fuck! Yeah, uh, Earl Hebner.
0: disgraced former referee Earl he Hebner. We he almost lost the match.
1: Him. Yeah, it was. It, it seemed like uh like a legitimate. Like it wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> now I also liked how this was. Uh, it was Vince McMahon, but it was Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I
0: loved them as a commentary team.
1: Yes, but because especially Ventura, I'll bring like I'll just say it now. Like he he made some very like good points in the match. At one point, like when Bossman wants to leave and Slicks telling him to assault more, he's like, "That doesn't make any sense. He should leave the ring right now." What's Slick doing? And then, (laughs) but then later on, I think again, Bossman is trying to like climb over the top to escape. Like he could just go through the door. So
0: I always found it strange that the door is an option in a steel cage match. Cause I feel like, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's certainly when you have like the one guy going for the door, one guy going for, um, like, like, like we had in this match, Yeah. but it's always so weird to me that it's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave. See ya.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like maybe earn it more by climbing over the top. Like once yeah. the door is locked, and you can't get out that way.
0: It's also a really weird piece of revisionist history that people like to do because people, um, you know, people will find any excuse to shit on, uh, modern WWE, and often by comparing it to things it may have done better in the past. And one thing they always say is, like, man, ever since they added the door to the steel cage, and it's like, look at here, it's 1989, and they were doing the door. Like, that was not something that they, like, didn't do and took away.
1: I guess like, they assumed there was no door and you just had to climb in?
0: Yes, more or less, or that the door was locked or whatever, but... Ugh yeah, yeah they're, they're revisionist history people are fucking weird i mean no one's more guilty of it than wwe but uh fans really love to find any reason to say it's bad now
1: yeah oh dumb.
0: well we don't have hulk hogan versus the boss man that that is a knock against the modern era because yes. i genuinely i don't like a lot of hulk hogan matches i thought this one was a lot of fun
1: this one's it's different it had some interesting uh elements to it i also thought it was strange that a big boss man had duct tape around his wrists i don't know if you noticed that i little didn't little notice tidbit. that no if if you feel like taking just taking a quick look, yeah, it definitely was duct tape on around his wrist instead of oh. the regular white tape that wrestlers may have worn. So it, it I mean it's it's a lot of like kind of just for the time, the classic back and forth stuff. Up to the point where uh you know that's when Bossman hits a splash on Hogan. And then Ventura is questioning why Flick wanted to stand instead of leaving, because it's for the championship, it's not just a match. Right. Um but the the, uh, the the most surprising, even when I watched this as a kid, the most like surprising part of this was when Bossman is, you know, he's over the, he climbs on, he's over the other side um, and Hogan, he catches him. But first off, if you're on the outside, you can literally, you can just go, you can just go ragdoll and fall to the floor. Yeah, one match. Absolutely. Just go dead weight. You're fine. But I think it's funny that Hogan's choking him through the cage at first. and the, But it leads to a suplex off the top of the cage. Which
0: was a really, like, that's a, for two guys that size especially, that's a big deal.
1: And especially I think Hogan, that's like, that's not his, that doesn't seem, that wasn't his style at all.
0: Yeah, he was not a risk taker.
1: No, he wasn't, because he was, he was technically, he was in the top rope, and yeah, Bossman was on this like, slumped over the, <laughs> the cage a few yeah. more feet up. But it yeah, was, that was good. good.
0: That had a good impact.
1: It did, but it, it was smart for the storytelling because they were both knocked out at that point and Earl Hadner had to come in and like, what do I do? I thought it was funny, it was unintentional, but like H- Hogan kinda of pulled an Undertaker at eight when they were doing the count, the ten count, and like the way he oh, set it up. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I was like, Oh, that's yeah. Maybe like Undertaker saw that I was like, Oh, that's not a bad idea. Add it to my repertoire. Um So we'll see here. So you then you had like, you know, this is where you had the like more escape drama, like Hogan goes to crawl out and boss man gets him back in and Slick and lick... chained to Boss Man. Yes, that was a that was a smart move at first. I, Hogan really oversold the but like pretty well, I'm sure again for like for the kids especially. He oversold mm-hmm. like when he got choked. It's really it's like it everything like, like holds his throat and like do like his like like upset dad faces. Yeah. For lack of a better term. But then well, they, basically, they,
0: yeah, they, they were able to, you know, Hogan was uh, able to basically turn the tables, and he was he got his hands on the chain after that.
1: Yeah, but I think in between there, though, they 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 went to uh, they both went into the cage at the same time, so it was another, like, little, not quite knocked out, but they were both down and out again.
0: Yeah, like they, yeah they kept, it was a way mesh. to enable Hogan to take the advantage.
1: Yeah, they, but they kept it pretty even. Like, this is one of those occasions where Hogan didn't have his psych up like a thing. Yeah, I was I'd surprised
0: liked. of all people that the boss man would be this kind of credible threat to Hogan because I always felt like he was kinda like an upper mid card heel. He never struck me as like one of the main event bad guys.
1: Well he uh, both he and Akeem were feuding with Hogan for some for the, around this time, so they were elevated a bit. Um but yeah, so yeah, boss man did get busted open in this one. Just He's like sure. we got busted open in the uh the kennel from Hell match. Other classic cage match we talked about on this show.
0: Wow. I thought we'd have two big boss man matches.
1: I know, right? Both equally as good. Yeah. (laughs) This one didn't have dog shooting on the outside. That's unfortunate.
0: Oh, man. But yeah. Nobody wanted that to go that way.
1: Yeah. So we have, uh, I like how it's, this is when Slick comes in the ring too, right? He's trying to keep Hogan from getting out. Yep. And then Hogan gets, kind of a smart move. He gets the handcuffs. Slick happened to have handcuffs. Any handcuffs? What I thought was strange. He should have handcuffed into the cage, not the rope. Because boss man yeah. almost—if he was like a foot taller, yeah, he would have made it out. Yeah, I think he—I think he probably kind of moved over a bit more too. He must have stopped yeah. himself to make it look like he couldn't make it. But again, Hogan could have just left through the door too. He didn't have to climb the cage, right? On the as far away from the door as possible. But it worked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was really, like, that was just, it had, like, the perfect amount of, like, suspense and stunts and, like, kind of, you know, uh, uh, over-the-top bullshit that just made it very, very exciting start to finish without requiring um, either man to, you know, wrestle.
1: Yeah, for the most part, yes. Uh, what's even more entertaining for me afterwards was uh, Hogan won, and he uh, beat up Slick anyways. Yeah, the high fives. Oh, that that was nice, like a little setup.
0: Oh it, shit!
1: This is one of those occasions too, and there's one another Hogan uh, Saturday Night mid Event match I may bring up down the down the road that was different also for for Hogan. Um, like in this one, because he puts on Slick's hat afterwards too, so he's being kind of goofy, and he had like the nightstick s- stuffed in his trunks. Yes. So he, there there were occasions where he would kind of go out of character. He was still you know the good guy, but he would be a little bit more goofy and kind of funny. Right. But yeah, so this is again. I even at this time I was like sick of when he would just, you know, do his comeback because it was the same thing every time. Yeah. Because even when he hit the leg drop, it was after he had just I think Bossman hit his head in the the cage or something, so it wasn't yeah. the usual, the usual he thing. Yeah, didn't have the full setup. He didn't shake it. You know, and shake his fist in his head, and no sell the punches, boot. and and do the 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 U point in his face. Yeah, yeah. no big boot. There was hit, he hit the big boot like. Almost Early. immediately in the match, yeah. 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 So it was different. He mixed it up. It was good. I forgot how much I actually enjoyed that match.
0: No, I mean, the whole thing, like I said, like, you know, it's uh, the magic of Hogan never really hit for me, but this match was, um, you know, it, it, it's the kind of match that you could have done this match 30 years earlier, or you could do this match today, like beat for beat, and it still work. It's just a very timeless formula uh, for what makes a steel cage match fun and effective.
1: Yes. it the first time seeing it. Yes. Hey, all right.
0: And I'm always happy to see Slick.
1: <laughs> yeah, master he's really style.
0: Weird. I love the the lack of teeth.
1: <laughs> like, wait, even back then, was he missing teeth?
0: He's he's got the mouth of a man without teeth, even if he has teeth. Oh. like uh, like Brian it's Baumgartner from The Office. Like, you just have some people that they have all of their teeth, and yet the way their uh, upper lip folds over, it just looks like they don't have them.
1: I hadn't thought of that before, but now I'm probably We'll, we'll be able to help but think that from now on.
0: Randy Orton's another one. Look for him.
1: All right, I will look for him. Does it matter? Should they be talking? Will that make it better if they're um, talking?
0: Talking helps, but sometimes you catch them in the right picture, and it's like, oh, they, they're they're all gone.
1: Oh, maybe they, they retract or something. They go into the gums. Yeah. Ugh, Randy Orton's one.
0: another one who loves to shit, by the way. He uh he was notorious for taking shits in people's duffel bags.
1: That's, that's fucking gross.
0: If he didn't like them. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's not a good person.
1: Oh, jeez. That's awful. Not
0: anymore. He's come around.
1: Oh, speaking of shits, I, I want to find out about Sid before we go, if that's okay.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, pull that back up.
1: I'm just so, going to read it word for word. From, I, haven't, I didn't look at it ahead vicious. of time. So this is, this, this, it says this one is yet to be officially confirmed, but it's somewhat of an urban legend in the wrestling communities. The story goes that during a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania 13, uh, Sid pooped his pants while battling The Undertaker. Taker then supposedly yeah. had to deal with the Poor smell <laughs> while giving Sid the uh, tombstone. Oh no! no. You're right that. in
0: there when you give a tombstone.
1: Yeah, one rumor suggests that Undertaker confirmed the incident at some point. Another rumor claims that the incident actually happened at a house show prior to WrestleMania 13. So,
0: that's worse. You're not even like getting the glory of being on TV to have someone shit in your face.
1: <laughs> I guess not. Uh, I I was-
0: I always get uncomfortable at uh at any kind of wrestling move where the genital or anal region is like right up in your face. Cause uh, you know, again, even just being sweaty, you know, particular people, that like, can't be good.
1: Yeah. You, you get, you know, get the old ball smell or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Sweaty. It's ass like, crack.
0: Imagine like a, like, you know, dusty with his muffler in, like and you, you're going to give him a fucking power bomb. Not you know, <laughs> he's a big guy. Not too many people are going to be doing that, but.
1: And I think the power bomb was a, a big move when he was wrestling. Anyway, <laughs> thankfully for everyone else's sake.
0: Yeah. I mean, rest in peace, Dusty. Everyone loves you, but the yeah. Muffler's fucking disgusting.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll save some shit stories for next time too.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, so we did. So, um, so again, Mike, uh, he told me before we started recording, he wants to fight Bill Goldberg in a steel cage, correct? Uh, with with, the, with their ceiling on top too, uh, it's a totally sealed environment. <laughs> yes, actually,
0: Bill, I don't want Bill running away from me.
1: <laughs> That's right. Keep him in there. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So we, uh, we'll see you next time, I guess, right? Yeah, that's
0: right. Every other Monday's main event. If you don't like someone, fight them in a steel cage. Settles everything. Yes. Just Make sure the big show is not under the ring first.
1: Make sure they don't shut their pants. That's right. Goodbye. Goodbye. I.
0: It. Super shaba.
1: Super shaba shaba Uh
0: huh.